so UFC Vegas 27 um so I have to say the main cards uh, at least for at least three of the fights that caught my attention they were quite they were quite insane fights especially the main one uh Cody Gabrant versus Rob Font and so yeah starting off with the main main event between Cody Gabrant versus Rob Font it was insane at least it was at the beginning um when I say it was it was insane from the beginning it, you know both guys were really um their stand up was really good there seems to be a lot of to and fro going on there you know with the strikes and the uh, punches, the kicks. You know, um, I you know initially I thought that this fight would have been one, it would have been in the bag for for someone like Cody Garbrandt because based on his last fight, you know he moves moves really fast, really agile, always moving, never always pacing backwards and forwards, always never standing still in one place. You know, never you know, always bouncing, hopping from foot to foot. So. Um, and I saw I saw that in the fight. I saw that in Cody Garbrandt in, in the in the fight. So he was fast and agile. His movement, especially in the first round. Um, but to, to be honest, you know, both guys for me, anyway, as a novice mixed martial arts fan, um, both guys did seem to be giving it their all in the first round. Um, was seen, you know, uh, it didn't take long for um, Funk closed in and took Cody down in take in a takedown. And then by the second round, um, I think Rob Font really started to um, take things up a notch, really started to push the pace and um, really started putting pressure on Cody, started closing in and cornering him one side of the octagon. And then, and of course, attacking him on the offensive, of course. And then by the third round, um, both guys were really dishing out really heavy shots. And it was at this point that, um, no, excuse me, moving on to the fourth round, at this point that... Um, I think this is where um, one of the guys started started bleeding, Cody Gabrant, and his face gradually became became bloodier and bloodier, became a mess, and you can see you know that was kind of slightly affecting his um, ability to perform. Not too bad. I mean, he's still moving quickly and moving ag- with such agility, and still moving uh, well from foot to foot. And um, by the fifth round, though, still the guy was um, Cody was still pushing through, still um, fighting. But by this point, he did seem a bit more evasive. And at one point, um, he d- did try to um, execute a spinning elbow. What looks like I'm assuming a spinning elbow, but uh, the other guy, Rob Font, seems a bit wise to that and just ducks and then put just um, pushed. Got, well, to say push, but he got Cody Garbrandt into a take and it just immediately. And um, from there, um, I think. Well, Rob Font won via unanimous decision. Unfortunately, this is via the, and I hate doing this, via the highlights. Um, UFC Fight Pass wasn't, uh, they don't update their database as soon as the, the fights happen. Usually they do that in about two or three days. So that's a real, real pain in the ass. But this fight, I have to say, overall, it was um, entertaining. It was for me. Um, and I have to say, the Cody Garbrandt just didn't look good after this. His face looked completely unrecognizable. As on one side of his face, especially the area around his around his mouth, around his upper lip, looks completely swollen, completely, completely swollen, completely unrecognizable, totally unrecognizable. You know, it looks like you're talking to a new, talking to a completely new person there. Um, just looked off and you know he was he did sound quite emotional in the um just in the video he posted on his instagram or, or his social media um 
just thanking fans for all the love and support um uh, yeah and even a lot of the mixed martial arts community they um came out and said um, well, the same thing congratulations to well for not winning the fight but also credit to Cody Garbrandt for giving his all and for doing his best in the fight as well because both like both guys performed well but what performed was the best of fight so so moving on to the next fight um, between um Carlos Barza and Yan Jan Yan Jan Yan the um, Chinese uh, mixed martial the, the female Chinese mixed martial arts fighter. So. Uh, now this fight was for Carla Esparza. I mean, she won, but I have to say how she performed in the fight was just testament, and how well she performed in the fight was just testament, testimony to um, her solid background in wrestling. Um, now at the beginning of the fight, I think Carla sees the opportunity to um, at least show us how good a wrestler, good of a wrestler she is, by um, yeah, just making that bit of a mistake by, and this was kind of confirmed in the commentary by. Um, was named Marco Beesping. Um just as Yan just as the um bell sounded to start the um sound to signify the um beginning of the first round, Yan more or less kind of rushed in and was just too aggressive too quickly, too soon. And um Carla just seized the opportunity to just push um uh, the um her opponent into a takedown and um for this for the first round just kept her there for <laughs> for more or less the whole of the uh, more or less what felt like the whole of the first round and the same thing happened again in the second round in the first round uh, she did some damage to her opponent in the second second round she you know before you knew it you know she already it was back to square one again for at least it was for Yan um, and this time around um, Carla was doing some serious damage to that girl's face elbows strikes just and was doing a really good job just keeping her on the um on the ground for the length of time that she did so much so that while she was dishing at all those attacks whilst she was still keeping her opponent on the ground who was Yan didn't look exactly didn't really look good in that fight um so the referee did um have to call come in and uh, just um call a stoppage to the fight Kyla won via um, a TKO and um you know it's uh yeah Yan took some serious damage to her face was it was a bloody mess um and yeah it's a testament to um Carla's wrestling skills she's got a really solid background in wrestling um so she's on a five win on a five win five win winning streak uh, now at the moment so now she's calling for a title shot um, from Dana I think if I am correct from what I saw in the in the content on on the on the YouTube videos that I've seen, MMA news, full month MMA. Um, you'll know you'll know if you're watching if you're a mixed martial arts fan like myself, a fight fan. You know the big YouTube channels are keeping a close eye on what happens in the mixed martial arts community on in the combat sporting world community. Um, she's now calling for a title fight, and looking by uh, looking at her record, she's won uh, five of her past fights. Let's cross-check that again. What's her ranking at the moment? So yeah, she... Well, this was as of January 19th, 2021. She's number four in the UFC Women's Strawweight. So, um, I'm sure by now, yeah, she will be... Um, her ranking would have changed probably to like number three, number two. 
also, but I think she's now near enough to the top spot to actually call for a title shot fight. So um, I think more or less Dana, um, that is going to be in the works. Um, Dana hasn't said anything um, to um, kind of just say that he doesn't see the happening or I believe it is going to happen. I mean, she's won for, um, all, nearly all of her, what, five, five of her past fights. So, yeah, um, there's no way that uh, that can't happen. So, what else can I say to that? No, she, uh, yeah, so she's calling for title shot. She's calling for title fight. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's going to be, um, I'm sure that's going to be happening soon. So, yeah, I'm sure that's going to be happening soon. Uh, probably the next time she fights, she will be fighting in the main event. Um, and, yeah, uh, just another um, quick note on her wrestling. Um, it was actually through wrestling that, that that's how she actually made her way into mixed martial arts. So, you know, she's got that um, good, a solid background uh, background in wrestling. So uh, her ground game is going to be on point. So the last fight that caught my attention is gonna, was going to be between the Australian and the, is it the, was the American or, yeah, uh, American, the Australian and the American, Justin Taffer versus Jared uh, Vandera. So, it's a heavyweight fight for the heavyweight division. Um, both guys uh, seem to have good stand-up as the fight started. Uh, Vandera, obviously, um, whilst he uh, had... Um, had his opponent's head bent down, just uh, gave a nice knee. Uh, but second round, um, I think Vandera started becoming much more offensive, uh, putting pressure onto Taffa, backing him to a corner, and really doing some serious damage with, with some elbows and some shots. And um, it was quite surprising actually because Vandera actually ended up looking far more bloodier <laughs> than his opponent did. Whereby it was, uh, from what I could see in that particular at that particular point in the fight. Um, Taffa actually looks like it was taking more of the beating, more of the damage there. Uh, so by the third round, both guys just seemed significantly hurt, um, significantly bloody, and they, they were a mess, but they were still giving it their all. And well, shit, my throat. Vandera did win by unanimous decision. So yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, to be honest, the only reason why I watched this fight is because I. Um, Justin Taffer is a uh, particular is his name rings a bell from a last fight that I saw him fight in one of the uh, previous UFC events. Um, but to be honest, the heavyweight fights for me, I think because they're bigger guys, uh, they carry they're carrying much more weight. They're obviously not going to be moving fast and Justin like a t- in a way that makes the fight entertaining. Nothing against them, but for for me personally, it's. Uh, this fight, even though it did catch my attention because of the, uh, one of the fighters' names, after seeing it, I kind of like, no, it wasn't really that entertaining. That's really all I'm going to say. So, moving on to news. Yeah, okay, so there was one particular point that was brought up by Kamara Usman when he was being interviewed, I think, by the ESPN. Um was it what was his name is it um, Okamoto or something I can't remember the journalist's name but I think it was by ESPN and um, Usman made the point that so well he said that um, Conor McGregor is no longer a as in 
a really as in basically a one of those top level fighters that this is one of those fighters that there's something special about them whenever they whenever they fight they there's a that wow factor about them that's no longer there um they may have done that in the past to help them at least bring them to the level where they are now in the sport in the industry in sorry not industry industry but in the organization they're fighting which is the biggest fight promotion in the world on the planet the ufc but is conor mcgregor the same conor mcgregor um that he was before that conor mcgregor that people tuned in and paid the money that paid the pay-per-views to tune in and watch this guy fight wherever they were in the world is he still that same guy or is he now just a regular mixed martial arts fighter like most of the other people in the UFC and probably another fighting organizations outside of the UFC and um, I think what really set I think what really um, prompted him to say that and probably this will be um, ringing true for many other people that in terms of agreement that they agree with what he said and um, for me because I saw this comment being um, posted um, someone on in, on Instagram, I think. Um, I think it was related to the interview that Kamara Usman was doing that I'm talking about now. And I actually replied with the comment, well, you're saying that now because he lost like the way he did to Dustin Poirier back at UFC 257. But uh, if he wins in the next fight, well, I'm sure it will change people's minds. Of course, they're also taking into account how he performed in that in the next fight, how, how he's going to perform if, if he wins... And it's just the way he fought was quite dull, and wasn't really was not really that entertaining. Then, I think many people will kind of kind of agree that the old Connor is no more, and the new Connor is just a regular mixed martial arts fighter with with the name. That's it. And um, I'm kind of on the fence uh, with this one because I do believe that you know they usually say they only as good as your last fight, um, and I can see the logic to that. But in this case, uh, Conor McGregor, well, let's see what happens. I mean, when he was fighting Dustin Poirier for the first, well, no, not for the first time, well, the second time um, after UFC um, 178 back in 2014, I was fighting Dustin Poirier again for the second time in uh, UFC 257. Um, you know, there was the issue that people were saw in the fight whereby it looks like Conor McGregor wasn't doing things that he wasn't fighting the usual way that he has fought his past fights and wasn't doing what he usually does that helps him win in a fight um you know so um, people saying in that fight what people saying you could see in that fight i saw in that fight that he was more concerned with um showing how good he was with his excuse me how good he was with his hands you know showing how good of a boxer he is now and um after that fight, there was the um, video that he posted online whereby it showed him doing some sort of, what can I call it, is it Muay Thai? So whereby he's, he's kind of just doing some exercises or training um, up against a wall um, in his hotel where he was staying in, I think, is it Abu Dhabi or, or somewhere like that, somewhere sunny. And people were making fun of, fun of that video. I mean, um, I couldn't tell whether it was real or not. But I think when people see those sorts of things, and I was surprised at people's reaction um, to how okay he lost and he you know he's actually known for winning most of his fights. But I was surprised that this is just one loss out of how many fights. Of course, you can't win them all. But uh, I was I was quite surprised at people's reaction that he just loses loses one fight in a long long while, 
and then people automatically think god he's not what he used to be he should retire <laughs> some people are actually saying that you know he should retire and i was thinking why would you think that first of all you can't win every single fight that you you can't win every single competition that you're going to be competing in participating in so it, it's quite silly to think that someone should retire if they um are still kind of in their prime he's what 32 33 now still just let's say towards the tail end, end of their prime you can't expect them to win every single competition that they're going to be competing in and what they in like in terms of mixed martial arts um so you know you can't just use that uh, one particular loss to to judge them and or more or write them off so when people said that when i heard of osman's statement that he made recently i thought to myself i'm quite i'm still on the fence i'm still on the fence um about this if he wins the next fight the third fight with dustin poirier i'm sure people's minds will change completely and they'll be saying something else some people may even be saying that and this will be so far-fetched and silly but with some of the crazy things i've seen and heard in this community some people may say should dustin poirier retire you know uh, then maybe Dustin Poirier just got lucky back at UFC 257. People start saying anything they like. Um, so I'm, I'm still of a mind. I'm still, when it comes to um, whether he's a good fighter, where he's still the same fighter he was all those years ago, you know, with the name of that wow factor that attracted so many crowds to um, watch him inside at the, in the venue, outside the venue, paying the pay-per-views to see him. I'm still on, still on the fence to see whether that is the case i mean if he wins the next fight i'm sure people's opinions will change you you will not you will rarely hear a single negative comment about him or you rarely hear anything or anyone saying he, that he should should retire so for me without ranting or not getting too technical or sounding like a broken record let's wait and see what happens so right so the other point that i want to make um well, of course, it's, it's no news now that uh, Diego Sanchez and just Joshua Fabio, excuse me, oh god, my mouth gets so dry. So it is nothing new, and it isn't necessarily new news, but. Joshua Fabio, well, let's, let me start by saying it the other way around. Diego Sanchez and Joshua Fabio have indeed um, cut ties. At least um, Diego Sanchez has fired um, Joshua Fabio as his coach, his cornerman, and his manager, his uh, business partner, whatever, his solicitor, representative, PR, whatever. I think he... Um, Joshua Fabi was saddled with saddled with all those responsibilities from um well responsibilities for uh, Diego Sanchez. So um he's been relieved of that post now and many people are celebrating that okay, yes, this is a good thing for um Diego Sanchez, you know. Um there was a statement that um, Diego Sanchez posted not too long ago, just a few days ago, that um sometimes you have to look at yourself, take a long good hard look at yourself in the mirror and to just to reflect on who you are and just to remind yourself of who you are something like that's what he said and uh well i don't know nobody knows exactly what happened uh i think diego sanchez was stated online that he's yet to make a proper in-depth in detailed statement about what actually happened between him and joshua fabio so 
um i think the um, overall conclusion and clarity on that matter is still quite vague for most of us so all we know is that the two guys have cut ties as far as you can tell that's what what uh, the uh, people on the outside are being told so let's well, let's wait and see what actually happens now I did actually reach out to Joshua Fabi and ask him to come to my podcast and to my show to actually give his side of the story um, with respect to everything that's been happening. Um, so he did actually reply. Um, he replied. Uh, I was surprised that he actually did reply. <laughs> I was actually surprised that he did reply um, at all. Um, but he did get back to me and um, I said, look, um, I'd like you to come to the show um, or to get your side of the story. Um, I'm the sort of person I like to give people the benefit, benefit of the doubt so I've heard both sides before I can come to my own conclusion before I make up my mind. Um, so I would like to hear your side of, of um, your version of, of events. Everything online seems to be so biased against you and paints you as the villain in this person that you're the cause of all of Diego's, um, Diego Sanchez's problems and he had first said yeah we can do that and then he asked me for my viewings my numbers my sub accounts i said well look i'm really small channels um, and podcasts we tiny channel and podcast so i haven't got many views or subs but still i would like to hear some side of the story before i can uh make up my one i think it's good for someone to be given up an opportunity to defend themselves and to give their own version their own testimony about what happened um so he said he'd get back to me and i reached out again after about two or three days had passed well about two days had passed and he didn't reply i just tried one more time and he said no not at this time so again um i am really trying not to um uh, kind of go with the flow go of the crowds on this one because I'm assuming that if he has, if this is the sort of reaction he's given me, and I've given, I'm giving him the opportunity, even though I'm a really small, tiny platform, um, I've given, I've reached out to him to give him the opportunity to come and speak, to come to my show, and on, it's a sort of public platform anyway, um, to give him the opportunity to speak out, to give his own version of of events of what happened, to give his own side of the story he still turned it down maybe it's because he knows there's no way that he can look good in this at all there's nothing he can say because really the only two people who know what actually really happened are him and diego sanchez you know that's um that's it so i'm really trying not to think like everybody else that he's a scumbag that he's a, he's a cult leader cult leader that he's a charles manson um nothing um, like that. i'm really trying to still be on the fence about this guy so um because when he didn't re- when he didn't reply um, i thought okay maybe everybody else is right about this guy that i need to take that my head out of my uh, or, or my proverb of my rear end take my head out of the sand and kind of just wake up to the reality that he is basically what everybody's saying he is because for one thing if he really was a good coach and if he really is everything that he says he's about all this energy stuff and his school of self-awareness if all of those things were good then why did diego sanchez perform the way he did in his last few fights and why did what you know look at how look at how diego sanchez was released from the ufc although 
there is some rumours going around at the moment that um, the reason why Diego Sanchez has cut ties and has just split from Joshua Fabi is because he is now in talks with, again with the UFC about doing some sort of project or so maybe it could be a fight uh, it could be that last fight with Donald Cerrone it could be for something else but um, for what I from what I heard and I really heard, heard about it from one or two sources it is um, something to do with the UFC and I think potentially maybe um, again this is what I was hearing that the UFC would only let Diego Sanchez participate in whatever whatever it, it was that they had planned they would only let that let him participate if he was to basically get rid of Joshua Fabia and uh, what that's happened we, jo- we don't know exactly what else Diego Sanchez is involved in so I think we'll just have to wait and see um, but I, where Joshua Fabia is concerned um, I still keep my fingers crossed if he wants to come on the show I'll be more than happy to have him on the show and just get some more clarity on what actually happened between him and Diego Sanchez uh, because um, I'm sure many people are to, some may not care, some may not care at all, but I'm sure there are going to be some people who may be curious curious as to um, the certain things that we saw Joshua Fabia make Diego Sanchez do, all the things that were supposedly meant to, I'm assuming, help um, Diego Sanchez perform better as a mixed martial arts fighter or help him to become better as a person overall. But um, let's wait and see what happens. Well, okay, guys. So I'm going to wrap that up um, uh, here. I think I've ranted on for long enough, to about 25 to 30 minutes. Um, yes, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did enjoy this ep- episode, guys, please don't forget to leave a like. Don't forget to subscribe. And um, yes, don't forget to share my videos as well if you, if you do really do like them. You can also listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Podcasts. You can also catch me on Instagram. My name is IcoJarko1. On Facebook and Twitter, my name is IcoJarko. Thanks again, guys. Thank you.